Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Body and Performance Podcast. And today we are joined by former Miss Olympia, Natalia Mello. So Natalia and I crossed paths in Vegas when we was at a coaching mastermind. And she's on the same page with a lot of our kind of morals and the way we look at things in the fitness industry. So I thought it'd be amazing to bring her on a podcast so she can share her wisdom and her value. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Reese. And I got to give you credit here. You pronounced my name perfectly. Did well I? done. It's Brazilian. Yes. Right? Yes. It's so funny because a lot of people, uh, messed up. I was just waiting and I was like, he didn't ask me. So I'm just going to wait. And you said it perfectly. I'm like, oh, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So before we kind of take a bit of a deep dive into what, what we kind of thought would be great for us to discuss today is, you know, as a business owner, as a busy parent, our best practices to get into jaw dropping shape because. For example, with Natalia, who's actually gone through like, you know, the whole being a mother and competing at the highest level in bodybuilding. So what I do is I let Natalia tell her background, her story, so we can get to know her a little bit better before we delve into the podcast. So tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, from the beginning, beginning? Right like from, at the like beginning. A, okay, cool. Um, I'm going to make the first part short. Um, so I'm originally from Brazil, which people are probably going to be able to tell by the accent. Um, I, I've been living outside of Brazil for almost 20 years. Um, I'm, I moved from Brazil. I dropped out of law school. I got in law school in Brazil when I was 17. Um, and then like roughly halfway through, I was like, um, this ain't it. <laughs> so I just packed up, um, you know, sold my car, came to the US with $350 to my name. And that was wow. it. Um, and then, um, I, I started to, I had been working out since I was 14, um, in 20, 2009, I decided to start competing. Um, and, and the funny thing is whenever people told me about competing, uh, I was like, um, because I had the image of like the big bodybuilders. So I wasn't yeah, the yeah, first sure. like bulk, uh, I wasn't the first bulk of this new division that was called the bikini division. Yes. So I was probably like the fourth or fifth, uh, first one of the first, uh, IFBB bikini pros. Um, and then here's a funny thing. Cause I know your audience is in the UK. I actually lived in Belfast. Yeah. For, for five years. Right. For five years. Yeah, I remember uh, you talking about it at Dragon's Lair. Yeah, because my husband, uh, um, I, I met my husband when he was visiting Miami, because that's where I lived. I lived in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, he was visiting. Um, and because he was a professional rugby player at the time, he was either me staying, and we did long distance for two and a half years. Wow. So it just got to a point that it was like, I either, you know, stay and he stays there and then we don't know what happens next or I move. Yeah. So I moved to, to the UK and that's where I lived for five years. And that was right after I had won the Olympia. So it was a big gamble, you know, yeah, because, you know, course. the Mecca, the Mecca of bodybuilding is in the US. So whenever I moved there, I just saw a very good uh, business opportunity, Yeah, which was, you didn't have a lot of Olympia winners in Europe. No, no, not so. Not so. So I'm like, you have a lot of Olymp uh, Olympia, you have a few Olympia winners who are European, but you don't have them living in Europe. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, no, just in Europe as a whole, even. Yeah. Uh, and I'm and I'm like, huh. 
So I, I just started doing seminars. I started traveling all over Europe. Yeah. And I think that that, that kind of uh, was the big eye-opening experience to the opportunities out there, how much there was that could be accomplished. And, um, and just to get to know a whole bunch of different ways of doing business with working with so many different nationalities, because I've been all the way to, you know, Siberia in Russia, Australia, South Africa, everywhere in um in Europe, like uh, more Western Europe, some Eastern Europe as well. Um, and, and, and it just taught me a lot about business, about people. Um, so about 30, 35 different countries, I've done seminars. And then whenever Roger, Roger is my husband, retired from professional rugby, we decided to come back to the US. And in the meantime, I had two kids as well yeah, that were born 14 months apart. So I had my 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 son and then I fell pregnant with my daughter when he was four and a half months. So they were like 14 months apart. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of when my online, um, you know, my online business is started to become a thing because I couldn't travel as much anymore. And Absolutely. I didn't, and at the time I didn't want to work with competitors, uh, because I just, I just, it just wasn't it. I didn't have the passion for it. Mm -hmm. I mean, could I have made a lot of money working with competitors? Absolutely. Yeah, but it just wasn't it. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, whenever I got pregnant with my son, I started to, you know, look around and I'm like, holy crap, there is almost like no information for moms Absolutely. who are pregnant. And the, it, it, you have two extremes of information. You have either the information that is like, okay, you're pregnant, you're a delicate little flower and yeah, you can just yeah, like yeah, yeah. swim and do yoga and go for walks. And then you have the other one that is like, yeah, go bigger, go home. Let's keep <laughs> yeah. on doing CrossFit and like doing like sprints and burpees and all the things until you're about to give birth. And I'm like, okay, there has to be something that is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. And that's when I start to become very curious about the, the being in the mom space. Yeah. Um, and then I, you know, I, I did a, several courses about uh, pregnancy and postpartum training, uh, diastasis recti, pelvic organ health, uh, everything that you need to know. Because as as a trainer, you know this. Like whenever you're taking, and I've done I've done personal training courses in the UK. I've done uh, two level twos, I think it's called level three yeah. in the UK, and I've done several in the US as well. Because I just like to stay fresh, and across the pond there is very little that is talked about the pregnancy and postpartum yeah, population. Absolutely. It's kind of like that one module that is like special population. And it varies from a nine-year-old kid all the way to a nine, 90-year-old person. And that, that's the special yeah. population for you. So I just started to dive in the, the pregnancy, postpartum, the like mom space. And that's kind of when my online business started to take off under yeah. the mentorship of a good friend of mine in the UK, uh, Kim Constable. She has a very successful business, online business as well. And she's kind of the one who opened my eyes to entrepreneurship and what was yeah, possible yeah, in the cool. online space. Yeah. Um, and then whenever we moved to the US, it was almost like at the perfect time because I aligned very much with the the American, obviously living here for so long with sure. the American mindsets. And, 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 you know, I just found that there were a lot more opportunities here, not only for Absolutely. me, but for, for my husband as well. Yes. Um, 
and and it's just taken off and off since and you know like even whenever we moved here it was challenging because it was just I was just beginning like in the beginning stages of like my online business program as it is now mm-hmm. and I had a nine-month-old a one-and-a-half-year-old no family help because we had just moved to the U.S. um very little money because it costs a lot of money to move a whole family from across yes. like in the transatlantic yeah, uh, move and and then I was like you know what what does it kill you make you makes you stronger so sure. I would just like work around my kids nap like nap schedule uh you know I'll take them to the gym and the gym has child care so I'll like use the time on the child care to work and then like just do a quick 30 45 minute workout so it was mm-hmm. uh looking back it was quite an adventure but I I think that all the challenges and everything that has happened over time has been a foundation to to where I am now you know and a lot of the relationships I've built along the years and being featured in big magazines like Muslim Fitness Oxygen uh, Shape Magazine across around the world um, and Cosmopolitan so these uh, have been very good opportunities that I've had along the way yeah and I think you know one thing that's so important that you lent on there as well is all this extra education that you've taken yourself through because when you look at like what it takes to actually become qualified as a trainer if you will like it's so little it's a tiny little level two course and like you could do it like this and if you don't do it you've got like 50 opportunities to retry it and I think going through and taking yourself through all this extra education and going through from as well like Miss Olympia it's for those who don't know it's the highest of the highs in the bodybuilding world Oh yeah, and I briefly touched on that. Like, yeah, sorry, no. I skipped. <laughs> I, I skipped this little detail. So yeah, um, and then I I won the Olympia in 2012, which is the biggest bodybuilding competition in the world after being like placing second. So I was the first Brazilian person to ever win the Olympia. I would love to touch now before we get into the nitty gritty of like the the world of getting shredded and getting in an unbelievable shape as a mom or as a business owner I would love to actually lean on your story in and around becoming Miss Olympia because it is a humongous achievement that's not something to be you know put under the carpet so how was the whole journey how did you find it it's obviously hard but how was the journey for you um I think that there is a lot of cross like cross paths from it's funny I was having a conversation with my trainer about this today and yes I do have a trainer anyhow we'll get to that later um but about that it's kind of like I I really feel like there are a lot of cross paths between fitness and business absolutely and and whenever you start to see that and I think that the resilience the discipline the commitment that and at the time that I was training for the Olympia I worked three jobs not one not two three on top of doing prep so I work I bartended at the time so I was working shifts four or five nights a week Mm -hmm. um I was doing personal training and I also worked for a supplement company at the time yeah absolutely while prepping for the Olympia um so I I think I couldn't begin to tell you how many times I cried on top of a treadmill uh I I cried so much and I felt like giving up so many times, but I I really think that there is in training in Florida because so the prep for the Olympia was really cranking up at around August. And I don't know if you've ever been to Florida in August. I haven't. No, not yet. It, it's hot. I can imagine. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, honestly, it's a level of hot. And I remember that in my plan, there was some uh, sprints in a track. And in order for me to be able to get on the track, 
I had to jump a fence for a university <laughs> that was nearby my house because right. there were no tracks that was open that had big bleachers that I needed yeah, for, that yeah, yeah. my plan called for. So it was funny because I would call, to call my husband who was in the UK at the time and he was my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, listen, if it's been an hour and a half and you don't hear from me, it's because I had a heat stroke. So call the police and this is where <laughs> I am. Uh, and then I'll bring two gallons of water. One was frozen that it was for me to drink because you'd start melting. Yeah, yeah, and the yeah. other one was half frozen that it was just for me to dump on my head. So I didn't have a heat stroke. And I did that every Sunday. Jesus Christ. I can imagine, you know, Florida in the summer is horrible. But I think, you know, when you're when you're looking at stepping on stage at, you know, Olympia, it is you take yourself to the, to the deep, dark places. It's not like you're just getting in shape for the summer or for a holiday. It's nope. you have to be in ultimate peak condition. But I think you touched on it really well, how, you know, business and fitness, they kind of complement one another. Or, or we will just say professional life and fitness complement one another. It's like you said, there's grit there's determination there's that structure that you have but I always see it as, as well like you find this new control that you didn't have before new focus new yes. energy little things like self-belief or authority like we have people that go into meetings and they feel like I've got so much more authority and self-belief that the way I present myself is so much yeah. better the way I structure my weeks is so much better so I suppose going through your journey as Olympic I can imagine obviously when you're coming towards your more peak weeks balancing the two is tough because your energy I guess is rock bottom but what kind of lessons do you feel like you learned from really delving into your fitness journey that you now take in with you towards more of your professional life literally everything I would say um because you know as you're prepping for a big show like that you are your worst enemy yeah. and you're constantly like questioning can I do this but you like you have a, a voice on the one side of your head that is saying like oh you suck you suck. There is no way you're going to do it. And then you have the other voice in, in your head and like trying to keep you centered and keep on moving forward. And, and I think that learning how to listen to the voice that is giving you reason Absolutely. and, you know, in business and in whenever you are in a family setting and everything, there are going to be good days. There are going to be bad days. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think I that think comes down to powerfully like managing your expectation on the front end as well. So I think that's usually the first hurdle people run into because they haven't quite managed their expectation on the front end of their journey. Like they're expecting the world within the first couple of weeks. Don't quite manage that expectation or don't quite predict the bad days are normal, I suppose. And it's that hurdle they just can't quite get over. So I think that's a yeah. really big point for those listening about managing expectations on the front end. because You're going to have those good days and those bad days as well. Oh yeah. Like I had terrible days and you know, like nobody gave a crap about my bad days because I still had to show up for my clients and my personal training yeah, uh, uh, business. I still had to show up for my bartending gig because ultimately, and that's a mistake a lot of people make competing doesn't pay the bills. Yeah. of course. What paid my bills when I was competing was bartending. So I couldn't show up to my bartending job with an ass look to my face because that's how I was paying my bills. So I still had yeah, to have a yeah. smile on my face and treat everybody with respect. And that was another thing as well that I feel like it taught me a lot is like, because the bodybuilding industry has a big turnaround. Yeah. Like you're, you're the hot thing now, but then tomorrow you're not. Yeah. yeah of so course, yeah. I think that learning how to treat people 
like from a customer support, like customer service yeah, standpoint. Yeah. It was also another thing that I learned from like bartending, for example, and, and talking to people and transfer that whenever you're meeting fans, because yeah. I, I think that um, very often people let their ego get to their head yeah. and they walk around like they're the hottest thing. And I'm like, listen, you're hot today. So you're not going to be hot tomorrow. <laughs> so calm down. And, and you know, you need to be, you need to be kind to people on your course. way up because Absolutely. you're going to, yeah. you're going to meet those same people on the way down. Um, so I, I really think that also taking my experience from bartending and customer service and being, yeah, being able yeah. to speak to people has really been, been helpful on that was really helpful on that aspect yeah. too. I can imagine that's massive. And like you say, you know, like, you know, when you're going up, those same people on the way back down might be on their way up. So I think just having that, you know, those good connections and um, having that good name in the industry, because, you know, you know, as well as I do, the industry is for the shit. There's a lot of shit in the industry. So having that good name and that, that positive aura surrounding your career and obviously you as a, because I suppose, you know, there's two ways to look at it, the career and the person separately or the career and the person as one. And, you know, to really, I suppose, leave the stamp on the industry that you want to leave, you kind of got to look at them together. And I think that's obviously something you've done really well, where you've able, been able to create good connections and create good relationships without going, oh, she's a great competitor, but she's a fucking arsehole. Like you've been able yeah. to do in a really positive way. And you know what? It's funny. Um, I never really looked at it as connections. I really like I literally looked at it as relationships because yeah, absolutely. Also, like there have been a lot of people that I met that were like at the bottom of the food chain. Yeah. Whenever I got into the industry and they became like owners of the biggest supplement companies in the industry. Yeah. 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 So you, it. you literally like, just, I think it's the good old, just don't be an asshole. Like, don't yeah. be a and it's dick. such a hard thing for people to do is just not be an asshole. Like you would think it's, yeah, like it's not one. that hard. Yeah. Like do not be a dick. <laughs> and I think that another thing that I benefit, like that uh, kept me grounded as well. Um, because it's easy, like you you win the Olympia, everybody's like, oh my God, such a big deal. Mm. My husband um, was very successful in his rugby career. He played for Northampton, the Northampton Saints. He played for Ulster. Uh, um, he was kept for, for the Barbarians for Ireland. So yeah. um, my husband was always very successful as well. And I think watching him and how humble he was and all the people around him as well that were incredibly successful people and very humble um and then you get in the fitness industry and you see people that have a, like a tiny bit of success and you're walking around like your shit don't yeah. stink and i'm like tone it down sis tone, absolutely tone, that. tone it down <laughs> tone it down so i think and my husband was always like very quick to keep me grounded and and yeah. bring me back to reality so i'm very grateful to him oh, for cool. that as well to to give me that different perspective and I think what, what you've touched on there as well, which is really important, I think a lot of people can take a lot of value from it's just, I, I guess, the people you surround yourself with. So not just from like a, a fitness perspective or a professional perspective, but, you know, as corny as the saying is, you are the average of the people you spend the most time with, right? So if you're, you know, high flying in your career and you're high flying within your bodybuilding career and you've got that person by your side who's been super successful, that's able to, I, I suppose not even intent, well, intentionally, but also subconsciously motivate the fuck out of you as well. So you were probably looking yeah. at him and his career and I'm sure it worked both ways. I'm sure he probably looked at you and your career and thought, shit, this motivates me as well. So like the two kind yeah. of bounce off each other really well. And I think that's the thing that I think that has so much value within coaching, you know, being surrounded by people that want to see you win. So do you think 
you kind of being with such a supportive partner and I suppose having a supportive community around you, do you think that played a big part, not just in your bodybuilding career, but obviously your fitness career and coaching career as well? Um, yes. And, and I've always been very self-motivated, like yeah, very, yeah, yeah. um, I mean, I packed my shit up from Brazil and moved yeah, when I was 20 with $350 in my pocket. And everybody was like, there is no way you're going to make it. I'm like, hold my beer, actually hold my mimosa, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know? So, um, uh, I've, but I do, I do see the value, um, especially like for us in, 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 in our career and our business, like coming back from Vegas and being around people who are doing such great things. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, opens your eyes for the opportunities and what is possible nice. and, uh, being surrounded by people who are doing better than you. And I think that that is one of the biggest benefits of being in a coaching program not only for us on the on the business side of things but for our clients because I hear often yeah. a lot of women and and uh, so one thing I work now with busy working moms career driven moms yeah, uh yeah, because yeah. it is something that I can relate uh I mean I, I actually do work despite popular belief because people think I'm like on Instagram all day, just like taking yeah. photos. I'm like, no, I promise I you, I work like 11 hours a day. Thank you very much. Um, so um, I, I really think that there is this martyr syndrome that a lot of women mm -hmm. have, um, primarily moms. And it's like, they have to leave themselves last. And it's like, but I'm just so busy and life is so busy and everything. Yes. Life is busy. Get over it. Everybody has 24 hours in the, in the day. And, Absolutely. and, you know, you, 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 you have to choose what you're going to do with those hours that you are, you are given. Absolutely. And, um, whenever you put yourself in a sounding board of bullshit with a whole bunch of people who just moan and complain about how busy they are and they do nothing to change themselves, that becomes your normal. But then whenever Absolutely. you remove yourself for that from that kind of environment and you put yourself in an environment of like like-minded women who have fitness goals, who are, you know, hustling. We have a client who is an attorney in like three different countries. Wow. She's not, yeah, she's an attorney in three different countries. Incredible. And yeah. she, like, if you see her progress just in like three, three months, she went, like, she is ripped like yeah, rip, and she has three right. she has three kids so whenever you have somebody who comes into our program and looks at somebody like this lady and we work with a lot of like ceos cfos yeah, lawyers yeah, yeah. uh a lot of police officers as well sure, um yeah. and detectives and these women are leading incredibly busy lives but they're getting it done they're waking up at 4 30 in the morning if needs be and you have these other people that came from a community that was like, oh, it's fine. You can just have an extra cookie. Oh, it's fine. You can have a lie yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And then they put themselves in this new community of a whole bunch of driven people. They're like, oh, shit, I got to step up my game. Yeah, absolutely. There's three big things I took away from that. The first one is having those like almost, you know, being that inspiration within a group. And it's kind of looking at looking at others at inspiration, but actually understanding that I'm actually leading this group as well. People look to me for inspiration. And I think being surrounded by like-minded was one of them. The other one is perception equals reality. So I think a lot of the time where we go, oh, I don't have time. And we perceive this to be the truth. So it becomes our reality. And I think, you know, if we can kind of take a little bit of a look, the way I, because we're, we're very similar. So we work with a lot of business owners, entrepreneurs, and people that work in corporate companies and just generally very busy people towards their profession. And one thing that we like to look at is they go, oh, I'm so busy. I haven't got much time. So I kind of sit back and go, let me ask you a question. If we, let's say, added an extra 20% to your productivity in a day, an extra 20% to your focus in a day, would you agree with me that you would get a hell of a lot more done in less time? 
well, yeah, if I had 20% more, you know, productivity, of course I would. Great. So you're currently looking at you working towards your health and fitness as something that's going to be a burden and complicate your professional life. When actually, if we flip the perception and now look at it, how it's going to complement your professional life by getting more done in less time, by having more control, by being more productive, we're actually buying back time. And then when they look at it that way, they go, oh, fuck, no, now you say that. So you see where you're coming from. <laughs> Yeah, and and um and I think that um another thing that is important to and and I'm just going to use myself as an example, but because I know that my own experience reflects a lot of the experience from the ladies in the program. Mm -hmm. I since having kids and um having a very strict schedule that I have to adhere to, um I have become so much productive, so much more productive yeah, with my time yeah. because like that's my lot of time to get stuff done. So if my workout is at that time, if I miss that window, it's done. I'm mm -hmm. not going to be able to get it back. Yeah. So you become, I, I have become so much more structured because it has put me in a position that I, if I miss it, I miss it. Yeah. And I think and, that's so important as well that people, I think in some ways, busy people have an advantage because I think it's easy for people who are not so busy to go, oh, I'll negotiate with myself. I can do tomorrow's workout. I'll do it, do it Wednesday or I can do Wednesday yeah. workout on Friday. And then all of a sudden we run out of days and next week starts, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And we negotiate with ourselves. So I think being busy has got that kind of unique advantage to the point where, shit, I've got to get this workout done today. I ain't got time rest of the day. I can't negotiate myself. Yeah. Let's get it done. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And but uh, one thing that I that I find with um, you know being a mom myself and with a lot of the demographic that I, that I work with is that so pregnancy. A lot of the ladies that I work with, they are high achievers mm -hmm. and they come from a background where they used to compete or the, their partners used to be bodybuilders or something like this. So they've, they, they're not like beginners, beginners that have yeah, never yeah. like touched a dumbbell before. But the problem is that a lot of them have gotten to shape with very extreme approaches. Yeah that I personally have experience with, because I mean, to compete, you do have to get to some extremes. And that's, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to go to the, the coaching competitors route. So they, so they try to replicate what they used to do then now, mm -hmm. but their reality now is completely different, different from what was then. They mm -hmm. are a lot busier now. So they do not have like, three hours a day to be in the gym and to do two sessions a day. And they keep on telling themselves that they are a failure and then that they lose control over that one thing that they should have yeah. in their mind, they should have control of that is their body. So they've lost control of their schedule and their time because now it's kind of dictated by husband, work, family, kids, and all that shenanigans. And then um, they, and they feel out of control of their bodies as well. And then they keep on trying to go back to what worked before. And then that's when the whole, excuse my French, fuckery begins. Oh, it's my hormones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. my age. And I'm like, no, it's not your hormones and it's not your age. You Absolutely. know what the problem is? You're trying to use an outdated strategy for the reality that you have now. 100%. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, social media, I guess, has a really big part to play. Say, so see so many people that go, this is what you have to do. This is what you have to do. And I guess they struggle to realize sometimes it's actually a personalized approach they need because there's such thing as training hard and training smart. 
you know, because the hard route would be, you know, you're a busy person, you're dropping your calories down to a thousand and you're putting in the graft and you're doing 50,000 steps a day. But is that smart? No, give it three weeks and go straight back to square one because you've got no energy. You can't perform in the workplace. You get demotivated, you hit your hurdle and you go back to square one. Whereas yeah. people like that do need to understand, like you say, if their lifestyle, you know, what got them in shape before they had children isn't necessarily going to be what gets them in shape right now routines are different sleeping patterns are different time is different stress is different yes and i was taking notes now so that's sorry that i had my head down but ADHD Absolutely. and my brain is gonna go like a <laughs> hundred different places. so I, I i also think that you touched on something that is amazing there which is social media and i think that social media has given people a false sense of knowledge yes it's it's kind of like um and i use this analogy often with um some of my potential clients it's like okay i'm gonna give you eggs and i'm gonna give you flour and then i'm gonna give you some yeast and i'm gonna give you some baking soda and i'm gonna give you some butter and i just keep on shouting a whole bunch of ingredients and i'm like now make a cake yeah, you can Where make a cake. Yeah, exactly. So people people feel like they have all the tools just because they have the ingredients. 100%. But just because the ingredient you have the ingredients, it doesn't necessarily mean that you know how to Absolutely. bake the cake. Absolutely. You don't have the recipe, and you don't have the step by step. And and I think I love social media on the aspect that allows us to showcase how we can help people in a more effective manner, and try to meet people where they are at based on their struggles. Uh, because I do feel like there is a lot of resistance from people as well sometimes, yeah. uh, thinking that there is something wrong with them, and that um, you know they are the only ones with a specific problem. So whenever we're talking more and more, they're like, oh, so there there are ways for me to overcome yeah, what i'm doing but but on that same token it also gives people a false sense of knowledge that they can keep on doing the same thing over and over again just because they have the eggs the flour and the butter 100%. but they do not have the recipe so they keep on ending up with scrambled eggs and they don't understand why they get food poisoned the next day and i don't get it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, uh, and I think with social media as well, I also think it's such a big game of Chinese whispers. You know, one person might have an opinion on something and somebody else interprets it one way, then they put it out to their audience, which is a little bit different and then a little bit different again. And all of a sudden, one piece of information has been twisted a hundred ways. And now you're reading something online, which is actual bullshit and isn't going to help you from A to B. And you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, I saw so-and-so say this is what I had to do but then so-and-so yeah. saw it from someone else who saw it from someone else and it's been trickled down and just added an extra 5% bullshit to it. So then yeah. now you're thinking it's my 5%. Fault. Yeah. Well, 5% you're being 500%. generous there. <laughs> but then the thing is though, like these people then look at themselves and think I'm the problem. Like I saw this information and I must be doing, I must be the problem when, like you say, they've got the tools, they all oh, out, well, they got partial tools, but they just don't have the right recipe. And I think that's a really, really big point for people to take away that a lot of what they have is they might have, like the biggest saying I say is they don't have an information problem. They have an implementation problem. So it's all well and, like, nobody needs a coach. Google is right here, type it in. But at the same time, implementation is a whole nother story working around your structure is a whole nother story staying consistent for long enough to get the result is a whole nother story um i would even challenge you whenever you say nobody needs a coach um because i i i think that if you think that you know enough 
to not need help, mm. you're probably the biggest idiot in the room. Yeah. Period. So yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying, what I mean from that as aspect is like, for instance, if you've got somebody who goes and they study your content all day long, they go through absolutely everything you've ever posted on social media. That person is going to go away and go, right. I probably know how to drop body fat. The coach is the accelerator and the coach is going to help them put them into the right structure. But let's say for instance, I get Mary and she goes and studies everything you and I has ever put out on social media. She's probably going to be coming away pretty educated. And she's probably going to have an idea of what to do. But then the problem is, if she doesn't actually implement this knowledge that she might have learned, like she can spend hours researching. Like I have a coach as well, because I see the value in somebody taking the thinking away from me and putting it into an implementation zone. But if they have that knowledge, let's say they studied everything from yours and I's content, and they're now super educated, that doesn't necessarily mean their results are going to come. Because everything else that comes alongside the structure, the accountability, the self-belief is a whole yeah. nother story. And, and even like, um, even if you study all my content, it does not, like, I, I don't think that it's just the accountability. I don't think that it's just the structure. I think it is the expertise and experience that comes mm. with having a coach Absolutely. because you can, yeah, you yeah, can, yeah. you can, you can study my content all you want. The, like you, the, 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 the knowledge that a coach has from like in my case, like 12, 14, like almost 25 years of experience, yeah, 15 absolutely. of which yeah. that have been coaching, uh, we like that cannot teach the the ability to make the necessary changes when things are no longer working. That's it as well. Yeah, that's you, where the implementation you know I mean? comes a problem as well, because their struggles today might be different in a month. You know, so what might work today might not work in a month's time as well. And I think that's where a so, coach can help him pivot. So even even like, for example, if you look at an airplane, okay? And, and I know this because I asked my friend who is a pilot. Even an airplane that has an autopilot. Mm. If you're taking a plane from Florida to California that has the autopilot that has been thoroughly researched, the environment, the wind, everything, even the airplane that is being controlled by a computer that is substantially smarter than me you and absolutely. both pilots yeah, together there absolutely that airplane is still going to have to be adjusted between seven to ten times in order to land where it needs to land mm -hmm. because as you're moving from florida to california the some things are going to change and if absolutely. you just let the computer yeah, do yeah. what it needs to do and I think that that's where uh, a coach with experience and expertise is going to be able to help people because, yeah, you can you can go, go over and download something off like Pinterest and, you know, YouTube and watch my videos all you want. Watching my videos is not going to give the experience to be able to make yeah. the necessary yeah, changes yeah, and the adjustments as you know, the autopilot kicks in. Yeah, I think that's where it accelerates it massively as well, because that same person that might hit a plateau might spend three extra weeks trying to find out everything and see, right, why have I bumped into this plateau where a coach of expertise and experience can go, right, this is why, here's the pivot, straight back on track. And I think yeah. that's, again, where I think a coach comes into play where it's such a acceleration as well, because a lot of the time, like you see people trying to get in shape for years, 
years. Mm -hmm. And then I think just having that ability to go, right, I've hit a plateau, right, here's the pivot, here's the next steps, let's go. Yeah. As opposed to, right, I've hit a plateau, I can find the solution, but it's going to take me another three weeks. I've got to find this. And then I've got to ask this person. I've got to research this. So I think, you know, they might be able to find their solution as to why, but it's going to take that much longer where a coach can pivot and hit the accelerator. Do you know what is one thing that makes me giggle every single time? And that's when I know that the person is not coachable. So for like, first, I work with a lot of fitness professionals as well. So yeah, one yeah, thing that too. I have on my, one thing that I have on my coaching handbook and, and you know that like, like I'm salty, like I'll say it, what I, what <laughs> I, I need it. to say, like, I, I'll say it exactly. Absolutely. What yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like the whole dancing around words. And I say it on my coaching handbooks. I if you're a fitness professional, I appreciate you being here. Good for you for looking for help. But here I am the coach. So you're not hiring me to tell me how to do my job. You're here because the strategies that you were trying before didn't work. Mm -hmm. Period. Absolutely. So and so I'm 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 very clear on that. And and I'm not saying that is because I have all the answers, but you cannot try and, yeah. and half-ass your like half-ass your way into the plan that I have created for you because Absolutely. oh pick and choose what you think is gonna work and do half of what you believe it is and half of what if it's not going to work. It's kind of like, Absolutely. oh yeah, I'm going to be half carnivore and half vegan. Like that, that doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so uh, um, I, I really think that, that, um, that is structure from being able to look at it objectively and being like, okay, I don't care what your experiences are from before. And I have people that are like, well, I was like a world champion. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. Like, and I can, I did like two. But here you are talking to me. <laughs> yeah. And like, and, and it, like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell them what I think is the best person. Well, because, you know, I'm a lot more advanced. That, uh, it kills mm. me when somebody tells me that they're advanced. And I'm like, listen, nobody's ever too advanced for uh, squats, deadlifts, lunges. Yeah, and going yeah. back to the basics and, you know, I have been lifting weights since I was 14. I'm 38 now. So I'm going on like almost 25 years yeah, uh, of lifting. I won the biggest bodybuilding competition in the world. I, you know, I have been coaching for 15 years. I have a trainer. Me I have a trainer and yeah. I get there and then I like, I, you, I have never Ever in two years that I have worked with my trainer, I have never canceled on him. Yeah, that's you can't absolutely in yeah. two years. I have never canceled on him. And I mean, we are in the same business coaching program as well. Yeah, absolutely. Every whenever I, I got to Vegas, first thing that everybody says, Oh, you're Natalia from the calls. Because <laughs> I, I am that, in as well. every single call, because yeah. in my mind, is like there might be there might be some things that I that I already know, but I'm not gonna be the dickhead that is like oh, I already know that because you're never mm -hmm. too smart that you cannot learn and never too too dumb I that think you that's, cannot. That's two things on that as well. I think you got firstly two ears, one mouth for a reason to listen and learn. And I think the biggest one for me is if you're the smartest person in the room, you're definitely in the wrong room, in the wrong room. And I think to be honest, the way I see it is I think somebody who's the smartest person in the room is super naive. I think if you think you truly can't take any value from, I would have a conversation with absolutely anyone in the world. If I truly think that person cannot provide me value in absolutely anything, I am a dickhead. I, I'm stupid. I'm naive. 
I'm not looking at this at the bigger picture. So I think we can take value from absolutely anybody that we have a conversation with, you know? And I think, again, that's like so many times, like for instance, we'll be on one of our group calls and you ask a question, think, oh shit, I didn't think about it. That's a good question. Or somebody else will ask a yeah. question. Shit, that's a great question. Like I'm, I'm sitting there going, right, what's the answer? Like, I didn't even think about this question, but great, I, I get to learn something new that I didn't even think about. And I think these yeah. things we're overlooking because we coach a lot of trainers as well. When, when we get on like the first call, like the whole idea of the call is, is this person a good fit for what we're trying to do? Do they match our culture? And if I kind of sniff that they are not coachable to the point where they think, I know everything already. I just kind of want you there just to just hold me accountable. Like you're probably in the wrong room and I suppose there'll be somewhere better for you to go. And we've done that. I turn, I, t- um, I turn between 10 to 20% of the people who apply for my program do not get in. We do, yeah, and people- us too. absolutely. It's between 10 and 20%. And people think that I'm full of shit when I say it. And I'm like, I'm badly serious. And the yeah. reason for that is because I am personally, I take a lot of pride when my clients say, I love you because you give a shit. That's it. That for yeah. me is the best compliment that I can get. And, and I think that I can only give a shit to, the lights went off. Lights went off, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can only give a shit if the person is as invested in it as I am. And that's kind of why I also have a a, a team behind me of professionals that are in their lane because I'm a big believer of staying in my lane and staying well, what's my scope. So whenever, because we work with a lot of ladies that used to compete, there is a lot of them and a lot of high performers, perfectionists, high achievers that they think that is like that or nothing. If I cannot be perfect, what's the point? Yeah, Um, absolutely. we, We do have a counselor. My head coach is a counselor. So we can navigate those things as well. And then I also have a registered dietitian on my team that can navigate the, the nutrition piece and make sure that we can address if somebody has diabetes, if somebody has any kind Absolutely. of health condition, autoimmune diseases, that we can navigate that as well. So um, I think that put, not putting that burden on my team of fighting an uphill battle with somebody who is not Absolutely. coachable and is not willing to to try something different i mean ultimately the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and if you're hiring me to just do what you have been doing up until now that didn't work there is a bit of a disconnect what is the point (laughs) i could not agree with you more we actually had it recently where we sent somebody away and they dropped me a message on social media after and it was like I know you talk about this a lot, but I didn't think you would actually do it. And I really respect it. And I thought, oh, that's fair enough. Like, you know, now nah, then that person is now back on the program because we had a conversation after. And then they kind of jumped back on the call. And was like, you know, I see where you're coming from. Like, you know, I have a lot more respect for now. You know, you actually say no and sending me away. Like, I see you talk about it, but I didn't know you actually done it. It's like, I personally don't want to ruin such a great community with a bad grape. If I get one person that comes into the community that's a bad grape and everybody else suffers, what the fuck? Yeah, is that it's like a cancer. Happen? I get it's like absolutely. absolutely. So now the rest of my community's got to have got to deal with a decade as well. And it's like, like it's not just me that's carrying the burden. It's my whole community that's also because we're very big on our community as well because we see it as also like a big networking thing for our team because they kind of come together. We do lots of events and they kind of talk. They connect. They find friendship groups. And if I bring a twat in that now spoils all of that for them, how's their journey now going to look? Yeah, and and um, yeah, almost. Uh, I feel like it keeps people from coming to the community because there is always going to be that dickhead in yeah. it. So you're you're not only like rottening the the community per se, you're also pushing the people who 
who want to be a part of it, but are being a bit repelled by the drama mm -hmm. and the negativity that some people can bring in. And that's that's exactly it. Um, just recently, we had we had a problem with a form of uh, somebody that actually enrolled in the program. And it was just like the, the, the entitlement and, you know, and that, uh, uh, oh, but that's not how I do it. And I'm like, well, if you, how you did it worked, you wouldn't be here. So wouldn't just follow here. the plan. And, and she got salty because I said that. And I'm like, listen, first of all, do you watch my social media? Because I feel like there is a bit like. The person that you see on social is the person that you're going to get it as a coach. Absolutely. And that's the person yeah. and that and that's the person that you meet in person. I mean, you've met, met me in person and I don't yeah. think that there is any disconnect from no, social media to what it is in person. Absolutely. And that's how I like to keep because one thing that I noticed before is that I was trying to, you know, have a very soft voice, but that's not me. It's not yeah, yeah. And I was attracting people that couldn't handle the way that I coach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, do you know what? I, I think for me personally, I think especially for the people we work with, it's a very direct approach is what they need. Like I, I get there, there is a place for tiptoeing. I, I suppose that, that, that there is certain coaches that can do that. And I suppose certain demographics might actually need a softer approach. But I think mm -hmm. the people that we work with in regards to... I say high performers, everyone, like, you know, it might, it's not saying everybody else isn't a high performer, but, you know, working within high, high, high up stress, high target KPI kind of jobs. They didn't get to that position by having people like their bosses, for instance, they don't tip though. Hey, you didn't meet your target this month, mate. Oh, unlucky. It's you don't meet your fucking target next month. You're out the door. They're used to that kind of approach. And I think yeah, that's where they appreciate that approach back to them because they understand this is what I personally need. It's going to fucking kick me up the ass and get my targets done. Not somebody going, Hey man, it'd be great if you hit that target. It's fucking hit that target, yeah. you lazy fuck. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like uh, the whole like participation trophy, like you're great. Next oh, gosh, month, yeah. we're going to be able to do it. Keep it up. Like, it's not me. That's not how I raise my kids. Like my mm -hmm. kids got participation trophy in one of their soccer games. My husband and I walked out of there and the we went. Yeah. yeah. But, but that's how we are as people. That's how I am. So, mm -hmm. and, and that's funny because I had a, a call with an attorney. We actually work with quite a few attorneys, which mm -hmm. just makes sense. Yeah, and yeah, one yeah. of them looked at me and she's like, I want to work with you because you scared me a little bit. And I started laughing and I'm yeah, like, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got to be slightly scared of your coach a little bit for it to really, really work. Yeah, and and you know, and I think that um it kind of goes back to that that idea that um and and here's the thing, I feel like women, moms in the workplace, they have a bit of a dichotomy because you have two messages as a society. You have message number one is that you have to be mother earth and be present and do all the things, and then the other two is like, yeah, you have to be this high power woman in the workplace and things like that. And they go all in, in the work, and then they, be, they are mother earth at home. And then they leave nothing for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Because they, they work and then they feel guilty that they are not present for their kids. And then whenever they're with their kids, they feel guilty that they are not being as present for work mm -hmm. and the only thing that there is to give is the time that they could give for themselves but one thing that i have realized is that by neglecting themselves they are not being able to be fully present for their kids nor for I work agree. they're I missing agree. out they're missing out on promotions because their confidence is so shot that they do not have 
the confidence to stand up, speak up and being like in showcase. So they invest all this money in courses and education that they cannot showcase because they do not have the confidence to do the bare minimum, which is to stand up and speak up. And I think with that, a problem is as well that they're so accustomed to this because they've been through it for so long that they think this is the norm. Oh, I'm meant to be around my family and feel super stressed. Like I'm stressed at work. It's just how it is. Like, oh, I'm meant to go to work. Like, I don't think they actually realize, shit, I'm probably only operating at 50% of my max. But to them, they think it's 100. I'm doing it in the work. I'm turning up every day. I'm being present. But I don't think, I think where they think this is the norm, like this is just how it's meant to be. I don't yeah. think if they actually tap into that potential, they didn't even know it was there. And they start operating at 100% and thinking, fuck, I've got promotion. I've got a pay rise. I'm hitting my targets. When I'm with my children, I'm present. I'm not thinking about what I'm not overstressing. And not only that, like another thing from working with a lot of moms and doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls. Mm. 99.9%. And I want to be proven wrong. So if anybody listening here can prove me wrong, I welcome you to do that. 99.9% of the women who say like are like are like spending time and quote unquote being there with their kids they are not present because they are being so consumed by how unhappy they are about their bodies that but that that is consuming so like for example here in the u.s it gets hot in the summer so they are going to with their kids in the park but they're worried about how their legs look so they they, so they're aware like it's 120 degrees outside like especially here in Texas is freaking boiling. Yeah. Um, and and they're like wearing long sleeves and wearing like pants. I've had ladies tell me that they were embarrassed to drop their kids off in school mm-hmm. yeah, and come yeah. in and speak to somebody because they didn't want to be seen. I have had ladies tell me that they would leave work and watch their kids play soccer from inside their car because they didn't want to come out and be and be seen by the other parents. And I think on that as well, like it's so common with mothers as well, but I think fathers actually neglect the fact that they feel like that too. Cause I think they kind of take on the role of, Oh, I've got to get on with it. Like I've got to be the man of house kind of thing. But I think there's a lot of fathers as well that deep down feel like that too, that, you know, when it comes to, I mean, summer in the UK isn't really summer. So I'm pretty sure you came here in the summer of the UK, it'd be more like winter in Texas, but like, even when summer comes around in the UK, it's like, oh, I've got to wear like a tracksuit. I, I don't want to get my legs out. Or I don't want to get my arms out. I'm skinny fat. And it's like, so it, the same thing that obviously women feel, I know a lot of males that might be listening to this also will feel as well. And I think it's one of those where like you're, you're feeding this problem as opposed to the solution. So like you're feeding a problem with more problems, you know, yeah. I'm more stressed. So I need to work more, you know, like these kind of things that we tell ourselves. And you know what's funny um, as you're saying this, and then you have like, oh, and whatever it comes to the investment that this one always gets me. And like, I crack up and I'm like, oh, I can't because, you know, like we're, we're saving this money to like go on a vacation. I'm like a vacation that you're going to get there and be miserable in because you're unhappy about how you look. So you're going to get there not going to be able to put a bikini or if you put a bikini, you're going to be sitting on a chair and embarrassed mm-hmm. to get up and play with your kids. Mm-hmm. But hey, you went on vacation, you went on a vacation that you're not taking one photo with your kids. So you have zero memories of it. And you're the whole time thinking about how you look and how you feel about your body. So like, it's almost like uh, uh, things are doing, people are doing things as backwards instead of building their, 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 their confidence to truly be present and enjoy whatever it is that they're investing in. Oh, I'm like saving money for that vacation. Wouldn't it make a lot more sense 
to invest in your body and your health so you can begin being present just at home. Yeah. Just 100%. being there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Going to a soccer game, a rugby game, whatever game it is. Like, why don't we begin there? And I think a lot of people look at it as, and I know we're both transformation coaches, but a lot of people look at it as, oh, this whole journey is just designed to get me abs. This whole journey is just designed to turn my glutes. It's like, there's so much. And I think one thing that we always do is we help people think so much bigger because that is always the catalyst to an even better result. So like, for instance, I know I'm sure you've probably had it before where you talk to someone like, oh, I want to drop five pounds. Firstly, let's set the goal higher. But secondly, why? Oh, why? Oh, I mean, I want to feel more confident. Great. Why? Oh, you know, if I feel more confident, I'll be able to, I suppose, go out with my friends a little bit better, feel better. Great. Why do you want to go out with friends and feel better? Uh, you know, I'm lonely and I want to find love in my life. Right. So you've gone from wanting to drop five pounds to wanting to have a better social life, wanting to find love in your life. You wanted to live a life of abundance. And now all of a sudden you're thinking so much bigger. So you want to attack the goal so much harder. And I think, you know, what you're saying there is when they go to, you know, the soccer, we call it football, we go into the soccer game and you're actually just feeling confident there to sit there and discuss and talk with the other moms while you're watching the kids or, you know, being able to go on vacation and go, right, I can take a photo and I'm not even going to think, I don't even need to look at the photo after I watch it when I get home, I feel great. I don't even need to know what I look like. I suppose, oh yeah. God, delete that one of me and my kids. I don't look great. And I think that um, a lot of people don't really understand or don't take the time to think about the true impact that not being their best self is having oh, on them yeah. and uh, it's having on their relationship with their kids. And here's the thing, okay? And I, I'm going to close here. A lot of women, when I speak with them, they're like, I ask them and I'm like, how do you feel like that? How you feel about your body is impacting, you know, how, how your kids deal with their own bodies. Oh, no, 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 it's not. And I'm like, hold on a second, but you told me that you don't post, for, you don't take photos, that you just wear frumpy clothes and that, you know, and, and that you don't even want to be intimate with your husband, not that your kids are going to see that, but you're going to see the intimacy from like, a, a, you know, yeah. holding hands course, and touching yeah, and things like that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like we don't do that. But I tell her that she needs to love herself and that, that she needs to feel great and that she's mm -hmm. beautiful just as she is. And I'm like, listen, I'm a mom and I have two kids and I can tell you right now that I can tell them all I want to not say fuck. But if I say fuck once, that's all they're, they're going to say. say. Yeah. Point being, I can tell them whatever I want. But they're going to do what I do, not what I tell them to yeah. do. Yeah, kids subconsciously take fucking everything in. Absolutely. And I think there's another thing as well. Like, things are so good in theory and practice is a different thing. So it's all when you're telling your kids, oh, you should love yourself. You know, you should love yourself. But when they see you running over and deleting a photo or you hiding in pictures, they're going to subconsciously take this in and think it's the norm. So in practice, yeah. they've been told to love themselves, which is great. And, you know, if this is how the world works, that would be amazing. But it's fucking not. So then when they yeah. actually see it in practice, that is what, where they're subconsciously being wired. And as I mean, I don't have children, but I'm sure you can attest to, I suppose the biggest things that children take in the first X amount of years of their life is what's hardwired into their brain. So when they get older, they remember and they're, they're programmed in the way they learn in the younger years of their life. So if this is all they yeah. see as a youngster, when they get older, this is the thing that they're going to carry through. And this is going to become a generational problem as opposed to just a, just a problem within the first couple of years of their life. Yeah, and not not to mention also the martyr part of it. Like if if you as a like I would I would hate for my daughter to 
become a martyr to her family because she's not going to be able to be her full self and she's going to resent everybody around her. So that's what I want to lead. That's what I want her to see. I want her to see somebody who is a mother, who is a wife, but is also accomplishing things and taking care of my body and feeling good in the body that I'm in, that I live in, you know? And uh, I ask a lot of my ladies, I'm like, would you let your son, would you be happy for your son to marry somebody just like you as you are right now? And 10 out of 10 times is a no. Wow. It's powerful. Or would you like your daughter to turn up just like you are, you are right now? If the answer is no, it does not matter what you tell your children. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is such a powerful end to come towards the end of this podcast. So Natalia, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom. I know there's so many mothers, fathers, and even just high performers that feel like they're, they're being taken control of by their health and they're not taking control of their health. It would have taken so much value away from it. So for everybody listening, where can they find out more about yourself, your social media and so forth? Thank you. Uh, thanks uh, first for the opportunity. I know we went over. Sorry, guys. Um, you can split the listening on your journey <laughs> yeah. there as you're driving. Uh, but um, you can find me on Instagram. I am at Natalia, N-A-T-H-A-L-I-A, Mellow, M-E-L-O, Fit, F-I-T. Um, on all socials, Facebook, Instagram. And now I'm trying to get into TikTok. Not sure how I'm doing there yet. I'm so trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And on TikTok, I'm Nat, N-A-T, Mellow, Fit. Uh, but the, the easier, easiest platform to find me and find all my saltiness and share where I share my tips and things tough like love. that is, uh, yeah, tough love is on Instagram. And I'm the one who normally answers the, the, any questions that you might have. And even if you just want to say, Hey, what's up? Found you on uh Reese's podcast. I just, just, I love to hear where people find me. Amazing. So I will put all of Natalia's information in the bio. So if you've forgotten anything, just head to the bio and the links will be there as well. So Natalia, thank you so much for joining us and hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for the opportunity. Bye-bye.